is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Hey gang, my name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead number 445, recorded on Thursday, August the 22nd, 2019. Yay, August 22nd. Boy, oh boy, is it getting close to back to school for us up here in Ontario. I know a lot of people down, especially in the southern U.S., have already gone back to school, but that's... Yeah, they go early back there. It's because of the weather. Like, it gets warmer earlier, so they end school earlier. And then they don't want to give their kids more time off, so they go back to school in the summer earlier. But up here, kids don't go back to school until uh, after Labor Day, so it's early September. But we're getting crazy. I didn't know that. I didn't know that uh, the southern U.S. went back to school this early. Yeah, yeah. Um, We have some friends down in uh, Georgia, and their kids have been in school for at least a week, maybe two. Wow, I know. It feels wrong to me. Summer doesn't it does end feel, until It feels very day. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, it's it's late August and things are going along. Um, welcome to the show, everyone. We are here to talk about the most recent episode of Fear the Walking Dead. But I've got a couple of communications from listeners that I wanted to read. Well, one read and one play before we dive in. And the first one here comes from Matt in New Jersey, longtime listener. And he writes Canadian tuxedos. That's how he addresses us. I, yeah. I don't know. It's funny. Canadian tuxedos. I haven't brought myself to watch either of these episodes yet. I really hate the camera work and the idea of a full POV episode doesn't encourage me. However, I wanted to say happy birthday to Jasper. I hope it's a wonderful day and celebration for the Miles family. Yep, it's Jasper's birthday today. He's three years old, and uh, he loved every second of today. I think. Yeah, got lots of good, lots of stuff, and had a cake, and he, he got some stuff. He had a cake. There was a banner. He got to wear a happy birthday crown that they made for him at uh, daycare. Uh, yep, yeah, he got to talk to grandma on Skype. Wow, happy birthday great. crown! That's that's wicked. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good day. He All was right. uh, he was very reluctant to go to sleep. Oh, okay. But he, but he was worn out by the day anyways and fell right to sleep, I assume. Uh, he did. Yeah. He went to sleep pretty quickly, but, uh, he didn't want to. He's like, yeah. no, I want to play with my truck that I just got from grandma. Ah, uh, very good. Very good. All right. Well, it's Jasper's birthday today. So happy birthday to him and, uh, you know, to many more in the future. Uh, and we've got here a call from Corey in Oregon, and this was about last week's episode, but Somehow I missed it, and I wanted to play it here, because I think Corey makes a good point. Hey, Chris and Jason. This is Corey in Oregon. Uh, Just wanted to chime in with my two cents about the latest episode of Fear of the Walking Dead. Um, I didn't like it so much, per se, as the rest of the season. I would probably give it a 7 out of 10, uh, where some of the other episodes I was given 8s and maybe even some 9s. Although I did feel like it was very immersive, and uh, especially with the found footage. Um, I feel like they did a very good job with that, especially when the mines were going off, uh, the ca- you know the camera falling, um, and, and you really see the explosion. It really shows you just how impactful a mine is in real life. Whereas if you're doing it with a normal camera, you know, on film, and you see a mine in a war movie or something, it looks... It looks 
I'm, you know, incredible, but it doesn't look as immersive as it does from a found footage uh, point of view. Um, but I just want to chime in with my two cents. I love you guys' show. I've never called in before, so I thought, hey, why not? Um, keep doing what you do. Love it. And uh, I'm excited for next uh, the next episode and season six to see what's, what's, uh, what's going on with that. So thanks, guys. Keep it up. All right. Thanks, Corey. So I wanted to play that because he talks about how last week's episode's found footage style enhanced the episode for him because it really puts you in the middle of the action. And when you have a minefield full of mines exploding, being right there in all that while it's happening could be pretty effective. And he argues that it is. And when he when he made that point, I, I decided that I agree with him because there are scenes where uh, Morgan and Al are close by to mines. Debris is falling down on them and they're taking cover. And it did really make you feel like you were right there with them. So I think that was something else about last week's style that, that really worked. I agree. Uh, hearing that, I think that makes perfect sense because uh, it's very similar to what we were talking about with, uh, with the office where the, uh, the camera people in this mockumentary style of uh, storytelling are present. Mm-hmm. You know, they're present because they're interacted with by the, uh, the audience. So, or by the, uh, the actors. So in this case, we had found footage. We know that the characters are carrying cameras. So it gives us a sense of being present when those landmines go off and having, uh, body parts and rocks fall on you from, uh, from where it blew up. Yeah. So I absolutely agree that it does, uh, uh, give it more weight than it would have with a, uh, the typical, uh, way that the show is shot, uh, without, you know, the camera people are obviously not present when this shit happens, but <laughs> yeah. in this particular episode they were, and it gave us that as an audience, a sense of presence in the, you know, near the explosions. So absolutely right. That's a, that's a very good point that, uh, I didn't catch. Yeah. And I, I didn't really think about it while watching it, which I think just enhances it. It brings you in without being distracting uh but it gives you a real a real feel for what the characters you're watching are experiencing so i think that's great thank you Corey, for sending that in all right jason let's get into season five episode 10 of fear the walking dead you ready for this 210 words per minute <laughs> Thanks, Lee and St. Catharines. I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> no, uh, that was fast. 210 words per minute is the title. Lee is becoming our resident fear title reader. Uh, you know, more people send in title reads for the main show, but Lee keeps it going during fear. So thank you, Lee, for that. Uh, now, this one was written by Ian Goldberg and Andrew Chambliss, the showrunners or Chambliss. And I have to believe, Jason, a little part of me anyways, has to believe that this means they thought this was somewhat of an important enough episode to write themselves. You know, they're always, I'm sure, involved in the process. They're in the writer's room. They're working with all the writers, but episodes are always credited to somebody. And I guess that sort of defines who was the head writer for that episode or who who had the, the main story ideas for it and in this case it was the actual showrunners and i feel like they typically write season premieres season finales things like that uh and occasionally drop an episode in the middle but here we are episode 10 the episode after the mid-season premiere and we've got the showrunners writing it so important episode i figured 
Well, or either that or it's a tantrum. Uh, you know, you guys are all fuckheads. I'm going to have to do this myself. Yeah, I guess if you want a job done <laughs> right, you have to do it yourself. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe there was a little part of that. But I, I bring that up because this was one of those pretty much bottle episodes. Yeah. And... You know, before we get into that, I did want to say that the ratings for this episode are 1.37 million for the live viewers, which is pretty low. In fact, it's the lowest of all time for fear. Not by much, though, because I think I forgot to mention the ratings last week, which were only 1.4 million. So right. not a huge difference. Um, anyways, I'll start here by reading an email from Jen in California, and she writes, I know that fear has been a disappointment for a while now. But I actually really liked this episode. I felt like the message was about fresh starts and second chances. And I was so heartbroken when Morgan didn't stay with Grace. I feel like for the first time since the John and June bottle episode of season four, I actually felt moved uh, by the interaction between characters on this show. The show might go back to awful next week, but I'm a little less cynical than I was before this episode. So as I said, it's a bottle episode. It features Morgan, Grace, and Dwight, pretty much. Uh, and they're on a mission to a mall. They go there to help a guy whose name is Chuck. And Chuck contacted them after seeing the video. But he's bit, and he wants them to come and kill and bury him. Right. Which is kind of sad, but that's what he wants. That's the help he wants. Along the way, I think the episode turns into kind of three main goals. The first one is to find Chuck and kill him. The second one is to get Grace into this urgent care clinic with the x-ray to find out if she actually has cancer. And then maybe the third one is to gather supplies because it's a mall full of stuff. Uh, and there's lots of lots of good things there. So Mall, mall things. All kinds of mall I things. Mean, we, all, we all end up going to the mall for one reason or another, right? Absolutely. When you need something, what do you do? You go to the yeah. mall. I went to the mall today. You know what I needed? What'd you need? Wrapping paper. Oh, of course you did. Drop Jasper yeah. off at school, go to the mall, pick up some wrapping paper, come home and wrap his mountain of presents. Uh, something like that. I mean, I went around lunchtime, but uh, yeah, I had to get some wrapping paper and they have a hallmark in there and I figured they might have some wrapping paper. So I, I found it and bought it and came home. Good place or a good, uh, good idea. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't need supplies. I, I mean, they do have a uh, a sports store with like uh, whey powder and protein powder, much like uh, we had in this mall. They do have one of those. Uh -huh. I've never been in that particular store, but in a zombie apocalypse, I might pop by. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you don't need protein powder now, but when no, food is now. scarce, maybe you do, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Maybe. We'll find out. Well, yes, we, we will someday. <laughs> uh, now, the response to this episode on our Facebook page, Jason, let me, let me ask you a question. Yeah. What, do you, what do you think the response to this episode on our Facebook page was like? Well, Facebook is full of haters, I think. Mm -hmm. Aren't they? So they probably didn't like this episode. Well, you'd be wrong. Because the response really? on our page was overwhelmingly positive, actually. Wow, really? Okay, yeah. so Facebook's gotten nicer since I was on Facebook last. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. It's been a while. But let me read some of those here. Corey R. writes, what a great episode. Genuinely good writing and dialogue. I've never shipped anyone on either show, ever. But to see Morgan drive away alone was actually really sad. 
Great performances from both actors. Where has this been all season? Cindy E. writes, Getting better. Loved being in the mall and surprised we haven't seen this before. Kim G. wrote, I thought this was a good episode. Felt more like fear should. Can't wait to hear Jason's take on the mall. We finally get a mall. Yay, finally. And finally, Justin T. wrote, Good show. Nice kills on the escalators. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you can get them running, they're great. That's right, if you can get them running. So, what did you think of this episode, Mr. Miles? Do you agree with everyone on Facebook, or are you have you become a hater? I Well, no. I've, I've, I've always been a little bit of a hater, but I've also been a little bit of a lover. Oh, good. So it's, uh, I straddle that line, you know? Sure. Uh, overall, I think I like this episode. Uh, recognizing that it was a bottle episode, uh, it had some problems. It's got some, uh, I have some questions about, you know, like what the fuck sure. here and there. Sure, yeah. But uh, overall, I, uh, I think I, I, I liked this episode. I liked that it was a bottle episode. I liked uh, the story, Morgan's story in this one mm-hmm. because it, uh, it was kind of heartbreaking at the end that he felt he needed to leave because he was getting too close to Grace. Right. Uh, it was a, I don't know if it was a romantic relationship, uh, that was just budding. It seemed like it might be on Grace's part, but, uh, you know, Morgan obviously feels as soon as he gets close to somebody, they die. Right. And he knows already that she's going to die. So he can't be there anymore. And so that was a bit heartbreaking to have to watch him struggle with that and have to go through it. And so that was, uh. Uh, it was enjoyable, you know, and it's Lenny James at his best, which was nice. Yeah, you're right. Lenny James is fantastic. Even given not amazing material, he usually does a pretty good job with it, right? Uh, he he might be the best actor, you know, on the show. <laughs> uh, yeah. Certainly in the top tier, anyways. Um, well, that's good. I'm I'm glad to hear you like this one. I had a weird experience with this episode because upon first watch, I didn't really love it. I felt like, you know, I recognized the bottle nature of it, of course. And I felt like, here we go again. It's putting us in a new location. And to me, after the first viewing, it felt like an episode that was kind of specifically designed for us to kind of be forced upon this new character in Grace. I know she's been around for a few episodes now. But she's been very peripheral, right? She shows up mm-hmm. and then goes off to do something, provides a little bit of information, and disappears again for a while. And here we get an episode with none of the, like, the main cast. Um, you know, I, obviously Morgan is main cast. But other than that, even when some of the other characters did show up, it was Daniel, who hasn't been on the show in a long time. And of all people, Tess from last week, like Tess, yeah. <laughs> you know, it was a bit jarring to see, you know, a convoy show up and her go, well, there's a farm over, over there. We have to clear it, but we can spend the night over there. It's like, well, where the fuck's June? I thought that was June's job. Yeah, exactly. I mean, where's everybody else? That's the thing. Like, why is the whole rest of the, like, are they here? They're just in the back of the truck or something, or are they away doing something else? And that bothered They're away me. doing not bottle episode shit. Exactly. They were, they were still a group as a cast doing some, some other episode somewhere else. Right. But that sort of bugged me a little bit that it, it, it felt specifically designed to give more character to grace. Um, even Dwight a little bit, who's a character, you know, we've known for a long time, but 
I guess if there are people that only watch this show might be going, who's this Dwight guy? So now here's an episode where we get a little bit more of Dwight, right? Um, and it just felt like it ripped us away from the greater storyline that we have going for a now, uh, for, for a while now, regardless of what you think about that storyline quality wise, this episode to me was like, you know, what are we doing? Where, where is everybody? Why are we now focusing on this? Even though, um, Morgan and Grace, their primary reason for going to this mall was to help this guy and continue to be the helpsters and do what they're going to do. Right. It just felt yep. jarring that nobody else was around. Not only that, I think there were a bunch of little things about this episode that did feel really weird to me. And I made a short list here of some of them. Um, is this a, is this a nitpick picnic? There's a little bit of a nitpick picnic here. I, I totally agree with that, but I swear this is going somewhere. So some of the things that felt weird were some little inconsistencies that I noticed in the episode. For example, Morgan and Grace, one minute, say things like, you know, Dwight will be back in the morning. <laughs> yeah. We can get to the generator um, then, right? And so uh -huh. then, so then they sit down in the, the protein powder, um, not restaurant store <laughs> store. Yeah. That'd be weird. A protein powder restaurant. Um, Hey, it's a good idea. Should open up one. I mean, that she'd make tens of dollars. It might. Yeah. But so, so they sit down in full view of like zombies at the door and then just wait. And they're like, we got to wait till Dwight gets back in the morning. But uh -huh. then, but then when the zombies start breaking the glass, they get up and run away. And next thing we know. They're at the generator. So yeah. why were they waiting? I, do, I didn't get that. Well, this is, this is my question. This was the biggest problem I had with the episode was that uh, they go into this place, this protein powder uh, restaurant slash store. Yeah. And uh, they get what I assume is trapped because Morgan goes to the back door and he does a little tap, 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 tap. And we hear zombies, right? Yep. So I asked, but it's hard to tell whether they're the ones at the front door or whether these are more zombies at the back door. But then he comes out and says, well, we have to wait till morning. Yep. Uh, Dwight will be back in the morning. We can get to the generator then, which leads me to, you know, you know, A plus B equals C. So because they, he can't go out the back door, he says this thing and they're trapped. Uh -huh. That's my conclusion that they're trapped. And then as soon as the glass starts breaking, as soon as they close the door, I'm like, they're going to break through the glass. You know that, right? Right. You've been around the block. You've, you've seen this show before, maybe, uh, they're going to break the glass. Yeah. So you better prepare for that instead of sitting down in full view of them having a chocolate bar. Right. Anyway. And then they, and then as soon as they start breaking through, I thought this was going to be a huge problem, but it was, uh, it wasn't inconvenient at all. At all. They just left. Next shot, we see them. They're in the service hallway going back to the, the uh, security office. Um, yeah. So I, I didn't get that. It, I mean, they needed these. No, that's a failure. That's a, that's a plain old failure. They, they glossed over, you know, yada, yada, yada over the difficult part. Right. They needed these characters to sit down and have their conversation though, because a big, a big point of this episode was these two characters getting to know each other a little bit. And you need to do that, you know, you know, sometimes through talking and learning about each other. So they need to do that. But you're right. It felt like they were trapped and they had nowhere to go and they were basically going to wait to be rescued. And then they weren't. Um, but what happens is uh, we get a scene. I think this scene comes in between you know, the zombies breaking the glass and them actually getting to the generator. But it's when they're going down this hallway towards the service room 
and Morgan decides to fight the zombies in the dark. He says, turn uh-huh. off your light and get down. Yeah. Yeah. Pitch black hallway. There is no light in there. And he decides to go fight them. And you're going to have to help me with this because I have no idea what the hell that was about. I do not understand Morgan's reasoning at all for turning the light off and, and, and doing it in the dark. It didn't make any sense to me. And then when we hear his stick drop, you know, we hear the stick drop, but he makes no sound. We don't hear Morgan like grunt or groan or get knocked down or anything like that. The stick hits the ground. Uh, Grace turns the light back on and Morgan's got a zombie on top of him that he's repelling with his stick. So it doesn't really sounds like, doesn't really, didn't really seem like he dropped it. Um, oh, yeah, that's, that's not the first, well, that's not the only time this happens in this episode. And I'll come back to that. All right. And, and like, I don't want to make too much of a problem with that because the main thing here I don't get is like, why turn the light off? It, I, I, I don't really understand. And then finally, just after it's all over and she sort of helps him and the zombies are dead, they kind of just laugh it off as like, oh boy, that was a close one. Ha ha ha. But I don't understand. I don't understand the comedy. I don't understand what really Morgan was thinking there. The scene made no sense to me. So I might be able to help a little bit. Okay. So imagine that you're a, uh, a rebel commander, uh, you know, you're on a base and you're commanding a squadron of, uh, rebel fighters and they're all attacking the death star. Got it. And they started their trench run and they started going down the thing and you got, everything seems to be working according to plan. Your small fighters are getting past their major defenses. Right. They have to come out and fight you ship to ship. And then you got this fucking young guy who doesn't know his asshole from Adam is uh, flying down the trench run and he turns off his targeting computer. Suddenly you turns go, off the targeting computer. Luke, here. you've turned off your targeting <laughs> computer. Is everything all right? Everything's all right. He's trusting his feelings. Uh-huh. He's reaching out with his feelings somehow. And uh, he makes the shot, right? Yes. Okay, and if I remember this correctly, the Death Star blows up. So it, it kind of works. So this is the same kind of thing that Morgan's doing. It's, uh, this is what I do. The light is uh, detrimental somehow. I don't quite know how. Like the targeted computer, it's, you know, that's its whole job is to target things, right? You program in the targeting thing and the two lights start to go together and blink at you when you're supposed to fire instead of actually, you know, why don't you just have the fucking thing automatically fire the gu- the guns, right? Yeah, yeah. Like why tell the pilot to do it? Because he's an idiot, most likely. Anyway, so yeah, he was trusting his feelings. He was trusting his skills. He was trusting his abilities. He started doing this thing. And then when he got into trouble, he, uh, he didn't yelp for help. Uh, sorry, that's a uh, Paw Patrol reference. I'm watching a lot of Paw Patrol lately. Wow, fair. Anyway, um, <clears throat> he didn't uh, he didn't ask for help or do anything. He just waited <laughs> for Grace to, you know, clue in that something might be wrong. Even though he's just like, "Okay, oh, be quiet about this." Right. No, we're gonna sure I'm falling down and everything, but shh. Yeah. Be quiet. Well, I okay. That, it's dumb. That, it's dumb. Overall, it's dumb. That helps a little bit, but but so is Luke. <laughs> okay, you know? fine, but you know what? Star Wars can explain a lot by saying, use the force. We, we don't have the force yeah. in, in the Walking Dead universe. And no, we don't, but we have a writer's room full of people that are driving the plot forward by uh, any means necessary, which is effectively the force. It's just, you know, the force comes on screen, whereas every movie has plot convenience. But I just would have been more satisfied if they just put in a hallway zombie battle 
Like, put four zombies in there. Oh, no, there's a bottle episode. Nothing happens on screen in this, this episode. Have you noticed that? Mm. Something happens and they cut away. And then they cut back when the thing happened. Yeah. They do this throughout the entire episode. It's a bit of a problem, but I, I mean, fine. Even, even if they did that, even if this scene was exactly the same, but he left his headlamp on, he says to Grace, get down, I'll take care of this. You know, you're not feeling well. I can handle this. Then, okay, he, he does it. But turning the light off doesn't work for me because it well, seems unnecessarily dangerous. Okay, so how about this? Well, how about this? Yeah. Morgan's, you know, he's struggling with his emotions at this time. He's not reaching out with his feelings or anything, but he's struggling right. with his emotions of his, you know, he lost his family, he's lost friends, he lost the cheesemaker. There's all these people in his life that he's losing, that he lost, and he feels like he's getting close to Grace. Uh-huh. And uh, maybe he just wants to impress her a little bit. That's like, <laughs> hey, turn off your lights. You want to see what I can do? Yeah. Well, you want to... Uh, not even here, because he doesn't do it. He's very quiet about it. You want, here, let me impress you with this trick. Let me I see. I know this trick. I yeah. can do this trick. Okay. You know, and so he, I, he's drinking whey powder. Like he's got this protein drink in him now. He's got some energy. He's uh, feeling a little frisky. He's got some confusing emotions going on. Maybe he just wants to uh, impress the girl <laughs> a little bit. Does all that right. Help? So why not risk my life in the dark? But all right, sure. Oh, I've risked my life to impress a girl. Come on. Uh, I suppose. Who hasn't, really? <laughs> Actually, how far? every time I've risked my life, except once, uh, was to impress a girl. Hey, baby, how far do you think I can jump this bike? Do you think I can clear the river? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, okay, fair. Well, it didn't work for me, but I, I see what you're trying to say. I've got two more, though, two more nitpicks in my picnic right. here. Uh, and one of them is that... Uh, Grace was weirdly inconsistent to me in, in the episode. One minute she seems perfectly normal and the next she's totally acting crazy. Um, but I think, you know, this can be explained by her mental condition about thinking she's dying from cancer and so on. Uh, but you know, going down the escalator into the zombies before Morgan stops her, um, I sort of get because of the way she's thinking, then, but walking into the crowd of zombies while Morgan is driving their radio control car, uh, bothered me a, a little bit more because right after she apologizes and Morgan goes, oh, you know, that's all right. You were just trying to help again. He wow, just kind of, he shrugs, he shrugs something off that I really don't think is all right. I mean, she puts them in danger. She almost gets killed. He has to rescue her. She, you know, attracts the zombies back to them when they're distracted. So I know he's trying to be nice, but she needs to watch what she's doing. You know, men have a problem in general about thinking with their penis. Uh, I think that. <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> I think that in this case, what Morgan was doing was forgiving with his penis. He was, you know, she got into a sticky situation, situation, and uh, got into trouble. And rather than you know berating her, he's like, "Hey, it's no problem. It's all right." You know, he's. Yeah, sure, he's confused and he runs away at the end, but that doesn't mean he wasn't interested in her up until the point where he's like, holy shit, I better get out of here. Mm-hmm. Girl. <laughs> you know, all right. We've all been there too, right? Yeah, I guess we've all <laughs> oh been there. Oh my God, she's interested in me. Interested in me. I better get the hell out of here. Yeah. What, what am I going to do? <laughs> Run away. 
<laughs> yeah, run away. All it's right. the only option. Well, here's the last one. Okay, so girl troubles is what we're chalking all this shit up to, right? Well, so far, yeah, obviously. And it, some of it makes sense, I suppose. But here's the last one. At times in this episode, for me, it felt like these two were able to just, like, teleport around the mall. One second, they're in the security office. Then they're in the utility room. Then they're on the roof. Then they're back to the urgent care place. And I feel like it should have been a little bit more tied together, their path through the mall and sort mm -hmm. of where they were going, why they were going there and what they were doing. And sometimes it felt a little bit random. Um, but I don't know. Maybe that's not that big a deal. Oh, my God. If I could fast travel through a mall at will, I totally would. Well, yeah. You know, if you're walking through a mall, I mean, I understand walking through a mall one time and then, you know, setting checkpoints and going, I'm going to use this as a fast travel location. Uh -huh. And you're all the way on the other side of the mall, like my fucking car is like way on the other side of the mall. I could just fast travel over there. <laughs> right. I guess you could Uber if you really wanted, you know, call an Uber and say, you know what? My car's on the other side of the parking lot. Let's go. I suppose you could do that. That might be weird. <laughs> but, you know, if you could call like an in-mall courier human courier service where they come pick you up in a golf cart and drive you to the other side. That'd be all right. There was a train in the mall for a while. Like every, every weekend there was this train that would drive around the mall. Sure. And take kids on rides. We went on it once. It was great. Did Jasper you go on it or just put yeah, a kid yeah, on it? Yeah, me and him. Okay. Well, and, well, I wouldn't, you know, put a kid on a train. I'm like, see you later, kid. Well. 10 minutes later, he was only two. I guess not when he's two, yeah. One. <laughs> anyway, yeah, we all went on together, but I don't, they only picked up and dropped off in one location. It wasn't like a, you know, a sure. courier service for people what do you call that a cab yes a deliver a person delivery service yeah okay so so yeah fast traveling traveling through the malls the yada 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 over killing what 40 zombies at the end quite a few yeah so i was like oh my god we better run away from all these zombies there there's too many of them and then after they were done all the rest of the shit they're like well we better go back there and then <laughs> They don't show any of it. They show up at the at the medical place and they go, phew, glad we got rid of all those zombies. <laughs> they were really going to be a big problem, <laughs> but they're gone now. So yeah, there yeah. you go. Okay. So having said all that, I came out of my first watch of this episode going, I don't think I like this very much. I, I, I don't think I enjoyed this episode. But Jason, in the interest of being open-minded, I tried to sit myself down and go, there's got to be something to this, and I don't want to focus on these little things. I'm going to try and analyze what this episode was all about and see right. what I can come up with. And after doing this, I think this episode, 210 words per minute, might represent one of the largest reversals in my feelings about an episode of all time. Because in the end of the day... I actually really enjoyed it. I think this was a pretty solid episode of this show. Right. Well, you just have to, <clears throat> which I think every, what, what they were going for and what they were hoping for was that you have to let, let go from a logical perspective and look at it from a moral or a character perspective. Yes. If you look at it from character uh, progression and uh, just how the characters interact and ignore the setting, I guess, uh, it actually was a pretty good episode. If you have to ignore all the logical uh, inconsistencies, right. willful suspension of disbelief, right? as it were. You just have to not just let go of, you know, zombies are real. 
but you have to let go of fast traveling through a mall, having something be a big problem and then being not a problem at all to the point where you don't even have to show it on screen later on Mm -hmm. to, uh, doing weird things just for the sake of uh, drama. Yeah. Something. I don't know. People do that. I know people that do stuff just for drama. They're drama queens, right? That's what their whole life is to create and dispense drama. (laughs) <laughs> it seems like. Yeah. Uh, those people are super fun to hang around with, but yeah, you're, you're right. And this is something I've talked about recently with this show. I mean, there are certain, it's just, it is what it is. And there are some things you just have to let go because beneath it all, I think the show still does have a bit of a central point and a bit of a heart, if you know what I mean. Right. There's, it's, it's not all complete garbage which is sometimes hard to see it's sometimes hard to see through that layer of of crap to get down to the sweet delicious center and this episode had what kind of food are you eating that's awful yeah i know but this episode had a <laughs> you know a thin layer on top that turned me off initially but a lot more beneath that that see that 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 works and so, you know, after doing that an- analyzing or sitting down and thinking about it, you know, I came up with a bunch of things about this episode that did work and kind of what it was about and where they were going with it. And also even sort of why they decided to do it as a bottle episode and not kind of mix this stuff into other episodes that included the whole cast or, you know, bigger events and stuff like that. Right. Um, and the first thing is the fact that they were here at this mall, in fact, trying to help someone. He got in contact. He said, I need your help. And they came to to do it. And it's Chuck, of course. And what he needed help with basically was enjoying his last night on earth and dying in peace, which when you think about it might be probably might be the most meaningful help that this group has ever provided anybody. Uh, Meaningful in what way? Well, from a storytelling perspective or from a, uh, we need to survive the zombie apocalypse and therefore we need to go kill this guy who's infected. I mean, I mean, just helping someone deal with something intensely emotional and like the end of his life, right? Partly because we've heard them mention on the show before that most people don't seem to want help or are assholes or are aggressive or just don't trust anybody. Um, but here's a guy who's like, I'm alone. I'm scared. I know I'm going to die. Can you come and make sure I don't turn into one of these things and like bury me outside in the morning kind of thing. Um, and, and I, and I feel like that's just more emotionally and personally meaningful to not only Chuck, but probably to Morgan and Grace as well. Also considering what Grace has been through trying to help a bunch of cancer people and not being able to, right? So I think in a way this is just some of the most in personal level of help that they've been able to pride, provide someone, which is good. It is. I mean, I mean, Chuck said that, uh, he was at a mall and there was lots of supplies. Uh, so, you know, come on over. You think they would go and help Chuck if he was stuck in a laundromat? Well, yes, I think this group would, because that's their whole MO at this point. Are you sure? Cause... They would. It seemed like, uh, you know, he was trying to sell the, Chuck was trying to sell the fact that, uh, you know, there's a food court. I know. And we have a, a bed store. 
that uh, you could sleep in. You know, moving into the local mall is the, is the thing to do. Like, mm-hmm. if there's a zombie apocalypse, find them all. Hang out there. Yeah, no, I get but, it. But the, our think, I think our group would go. I mean, even if he said, I'm lonely, come and be my friend, they would go and do that. You know they would. This is the kind of thing that Morgan wants to do. All life is precious. Um, what about uh, I, if I, you know, if I got on the radio and said, I saw your video and uh, I'm kind of sleepy, but I need a teddy bear. Can you bring me a teddy bear? <laughs> Look, man, they would do whatever it takes to help someone. And I mean, they put up the stars for him to look at. Right. And we have that very same thing in Jasper's room. Uh, when he's going to sleep, there's stars projected on the ceiling. And, yeah. you know, it's not as elaborate as that fucking turtle, but uh, it's it's nice. I like the stars. It's all stars and moons. And odd, the odd thing is there's one asterisk. Like it's all like stars and oh, planets <laughs> and a moon. And there's a goddamn asterisk up there and I don't quite understand what it's doing there. It's like a typo or something in the... I don't know. It's very weird. <laughs> that is weird. I've gotten used to it though. Well, listen, I I think Chuck was sweetening the deal by saying, I'm in a mall, I have all these supplies, you know, I'm going to die, so they shouldn't go to waste. Come and get them. But also, you know, help me die in peace. So yeah. I, I, think, I think it was a nice kind of thing. And also... From a show perspective and from a story perspective, this episode didn't, in fact, abandon the greater storyline of what these people are trying to do just to focus on these characters. It included it. Included it. it. They were there. At least one of their goals was to help Chuck. And so it that made sense to me, whereas first impression, it kind of didn't. But I think it works. So then the other thing is, a big one, is having Morgan heal a little bit from the loss of his family, right? Well, heal or open a wound, if that heals, it probably will in the long run. Yeah. But in the short term, it just opened an old wound that he hadn't really been dealing with lately. Well, that's what I mean. I mean, he he hasn't really dealt with it, but they have Morgan come into this one, open up to Grace a lot about his family, right? They talk about uh, his son and, and wife and it stems out of driving that radio control car and how he used to do that with um, Dwayne. Dwayne. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and then talking about smiling like an idiot all night after his first date with his wife. And like, this is the most Morgan's talked about his family in a long time. It's mm-hmm. It comes up here and there, but he really, really opened up to her. And I think you're right. They're, they're hoping, or Morgan is hoping that he'll kind of, heal and move on a little bit, but for now, it hasn't really worked. It sort of brought back some of the feelings that he was trying to suppress, I guess. Yeah, it spooked him, and he's he's run off. Yes. Um, but what do you think about seeing, or kind of seeing Happy Morgan for a while? That's kind of unusual. We see him riding the merry-go-round, which was seemed to make him happy, driving the RC car. You know, it's I think it's the little things like that that can help change a man, or... Heal a yeah. man of his emotional and that's scars. What, that's what malls are for, to make people happy. <laughs> it's always the not mall. To, <laughs> and not to, uh, you know, kill your will to live, like they seem to be. <laughs> Anyways, I mean, having Morgan trying to, to just heal a little bit and move on from his past, I think was a big part of this episode. And a lot of it, it worked is. for me. So I, I enjoyed that. Yeah. Morgan dropped his, uh, his stick, uh, on the escalator too. You heard it go clank, clank, clank stick wise. Uh-huh. And then the next shot, he had it with him still. 
Well, so he keeps dropping that thing and then having it immediately picked up afterwards. Maybe he a couple can, times. Maybe he can use the force. You know, he force pulled it back to his hand. I don't know, but it's broken, right? Oh like yeah, it's got it's been it's been broken, and it's Grace's fault. Well, not Grace's fault, but Grace told him he couldn't use it, and then broke off the the broken or the uh, the unusable part. So, so she broke his stick, and that's probably part of the problem why he, uh, you know, wasn't able to kill all those zombies with his eyes closed in that hallway because he didn't have one end of his stick ready. Yeah, yeah, his he didn't have the whole stick. He only had three quarters of his stick. So only, he only killed three quarters of the zombies successfully before he needed help. <laughs> yeah, fair. That's exactly what happened. It's funny. Okay, so what about creating a relationship between Morgan and Grace? I think that was another big part of this episode. It was. It, it was nice. It was sweet. She was definitely sweet on him. He was a little reluctant, but uh, uh, he kind of, he was coming around. And I think that's what spooked him. He He was, but I think the show... I'm not sure I'm totally buying this angle of the episode yet because I think the show wanted us to feel like, you know, going into the mall, um, they were at a love connection tipping point, right? They were sort of on the, the edge of it and we were, and the mall experience was supposed to just push them over the edge and they were going to fall for each other and live happily ever after, but... If, if that was the idea, I think the show needed to give us a little bit more of them getting to that point. Instead, we skipped over it all and we jumped straight into the mall and we're supposed to feel like they're there. But I didn't really. So I'm not totally buying their sort of romantic relationship that is is just budding here. But I am open to the idea of them getting together and... If if I try to think of this mall experience as the first step to them coming together like this, I kind of don't mind it. Yeah. I mean, you, you have to remember how fast this kind of thing can happen, right? You can, you can meet somebody and, you know, interact with them a couple of times and not really think anything of it. And then all of a sudden you're trapped in a mall, uh, you know, you're, you're, and then real and sit down and talk to each other over some, uh, protein drinks and uh, a couple of protein bars and, uh, you know, you can hit things off and they can ha happen pretty quick. I guess so. And then you got a whole store full of beds. <laughs> it's, it's fate. Let, let's uh, head back up to the department store. Come on. Yeah. There's, there's a mattress store up there. Yeah. Well, okay. But I, I wish they had shifted it a little bit. Show us a little more leading up to this and explain why they're at this point point where they are not just say you know what these guys are about to fall for each other and here's what happens when they almost do uh, i was fine with it i thought that the relationship was nice i thought that uh, uh you know it was kind of tragic to begin with because yeah. you know she's not feeling very well and they're trying to break into a, a medical center uh which i have questions about like do malls have x-ray machines in the u.s Oh, even here they do. Any place like that might have an x-ray machine. An x-ray? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's walk-in clinics and things. Not all of them, of course, but you can easily get I mean, get you a... can get orders and go to special places that have uh, have these kind of things, but I'm not sure that they're in malls. Are they in malls? They. I I am, you know, I'm not concerned about that. I'm sure they are in places. They're, these urgent right. care kind of places exist all over the place. Okay. So... And I've, I've never seen an x-ray machine in a mall. Well, I mean. Maybe I should go to more malls. Maybe you or should. Or get more x-rays. One of the two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
anyways, I got a, a message from designer Will here, and we've kind of, in a way, talked about this a little bit already, but he says, I mostly liked the interactions between Morgan and Grace and appreciate their character development. That said, in the end, when Morgan said he had to find Al, what was that all about? Out of nowhere, Al, who wasn't even in the episode, who we didn't even know was in need of being found, has to crush a happy moment between characters. While it was Morgan who said this, it simply made me dislike Al even stronger. <laughs> it's all Al's fault. It's all Al's fault. So obviously <laughs> designer Will is referring to the fact that at the end, and you've mentioned this a couple times already, he just leaves because he gets spooked and, and takes off. Um, and again, on first watch through of the episode, I was like, oh, come on. Why is he leaving? First of all, I don't understand why he's going to get Al. Did we even know Al was like, separated from them or away somewhere else i think it was just a bs excuse i don't know i don't know what the point of him going to find al was unless it's just an excuse we'll know next week next week's episode will explain what the fuck al is doing okay and why she's by herself and why morgan needs to an excuse to go give her backup well that she didn't ask for sure the problem for me is just why is she by herself it doesn't like, like, I feel like we need to know that for, for his reasoning to make any sense. Um, and if we're finding it out after that's kind of annoying, but. All right. What do we got? We got a helicopter. We had a helicopter, an airplane and a hot air balloon. What are we looking for? A blimp? She flying a blimp? Is that why she by, she's by herself? I guess she needs to find a Zeppelin she, now. Yeah. Yeah. She's got, uh, she's got a SWAT truck. Uh-huh. Uh, so maybe. An excavator of some kind? A train. She's flying a train, driving a train. Well. That's what she's doing. Unless she specifically sticks to um, air vehicles. I don't know. No, she's got that view, that uh, that SWAT truck that right. she rigged up with those machine guns and stuff. So she's got that too. And she's a war correspondent. So I assume that she's a train engineer and she needed to go get a train. Well, you know, man, if Full it's Full a... of uh, uh, methylene. If it's a vehicle, she knows how to drive it. Pilot it, rebuild it, it, fix yeah. it, and anything else. So she's yeah, probably and, and disarm landmines and disarm landmines of the time. Yeah, <laughs> that's a pretty good, uh, pretty good odds. Yeah, um, I mean, you find a train. It's full of diesel. First of all, that's a good idea. You know, find uh -huh. a train engine. They got huge diesel tanks. Yep, that's excellent. I, you know, thumbs up for that. Uh, so she's probably off to a train yard to uh, take a pile of scrap and build a train engine. So that she can drive a train across the country. Well, if anyone can do it, she could. Uh, well, think of it this way. If, uh, you know, they have the old trains, they have, uh, they have shovels on the, or, you know, they have those, uh, those cow pusher things on the front of trains. Mm -hmm. They would work for zombies too. So, uh, I think that we're going to easily transfer from the walking dead universe into Snowpiercer Cause that's just the way it goes, you know, get on a train, have it go perpetually through the entire world, uh, pushing zombies out of the way. Instead of snow piercer, it'd be zombie piercer. Yeah. Right. Just, uh, yeah, I think this, uh, this could work. I think it could work. You should go watch that movie. Have you seen that movie? I have not, but it's you, you one should, of those. It's really good. I it's know. It's very, it's very simple. If they're going from left to right, they're moving forward. It's that, that's, that's it. Oh, good. Very, very good. Doesn't it have Captain America in it too? It one. does. Yeah. It, it's actually a really good movie. I know. I've it heard. It seems like a weird movie uh, idea, but uh, it's quite good. All right. Well, maybe I'll watch it this weekend. Okay. Morgan. Um, so he leaves 
And as you've said, he leaves because he feels himself getting way too close to Grace. And as we know, he thinks or used to think that everyone he gets close to dies. So he doesn't want to let himself get close to her. Yeah. And he's also got memories of his dead son and wife swirling around in that mess of a mind he has going on there. Yes. So, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not entirely surprised that uh, he got spooked and ran off. No, neither am I. Are you, are you Sure. <laughs> Run off. <laughs> That's from, uh, something. I don't know. Really good movie. Uh, I'll remember it. And, and while you're talking, I'll just okay. jump in and say it. Well, anyways, that, that explains what, what Morgan is doing. So I, I mean, I did see some reactions about, you know, what the hell, why is he leaving? This is such a bummer and so on, but it's because he has trouble getting close to people, especially given what he's been through. So. Well, brother, where are thou? There you go. I like that. Uh, I like that one. It was a good one. Okay. Continuing along. What, what did Grace do in this episode? What was she there for other than to, you know, become closer to Morgan? and my initial reaction was probably strongest, not really against her, but I had a strong feeling of Grace's new character and they really want us to like her or learn more about her. And this was their way of doing it. But again, after it was all said and done and I thought about it a bit, I enjoyed Grace's storyline and character development in this episode. I thought it was actually handled really well, even though it was pretty straightforward and simple. The idea is she wants to get to the x-ray machine to x-ray herself and figure out how much longer she has left to live. But by the end, she decides to not think of every day as her, as her last and to just assume that there are more days to come. And my favorite part about the whole thing was the way they used the iPod playback speed to illustrate this, right? She first listens at double speed uh, when she's sort of trying to live life as fast as possible because she doesn't think she has very much time left. But at the end, yep. she goes back to normal speed and just decides to go with it and, you know, does, decides not to rush things because she thinks she might not wake up in the morning. So uh, listening to audiobooks uh, in different speeds did not give word counts. So how did they get 210 words per minute? I don't think it's... Ex- actually that she, I think, was she making a joke i think it was just a joke yeah okay yes that's fine i mean do you listen to podcasts and the uh, books at double speed no i listen one and a half speed i listen at normal speed i do not like the double speed or whatever. i don't like it because it takes it's not doesn't take long enough i uh i have a hard time uh limiting myself to the number of books i get on audible per month uh based on my subscription which is my platinum prescription so i get two credits a month and, uh, I listen to more books than that. Yeah. So, uh, I have to listen to them slowly. If I listen to them at a quicker speed, I'd burn through them way too quickly and I'd be spending a lot more money than I am. I must admit, I also kind of believe, especially for an audiobook, that listening to it at higher speed takes something away from the artistry that went into recording it. Yes. There is definitely a, a performance aspect to the, the, the people who, you know, read the audiobooks. Yeah. If you get a good one, it's great. If you get a bad one, it's like a fucking dog. Right. I've, I've returned books based solely on the, uh, the person narrating the book. Oh, that's, that's too bad. But yeah, like they, they read this specifically, they performed it for you. And if you 
watch it at high speed, you're losing something from that performance. Like you wouldn't watch, you wouldn't watch a movie at 1.5 speed. That doesn't make any sense at all. That's not a bad idea, actually, for some movies. Uh, well, maybe for some movies, but... Uh, if I had have thought of that while watching The Accidental Husband, I could have got through that a lot quicker. <laughs> I'm going to watch it five times. That's actually, in retrospect, damn it, I should have done that. Okay, well, maybe there are certain cases where it works, but generally, I would say it it takes something away from the performance, so... Yeah, I would never do, I would never do that for an audiobook. But I do like how they use that con- uh, concept in this episode to illustrate what grace was going through she went from double speed to regular speed and she's become more comfortable with whatever her fate might be i like that right now yeah it's good here's a thing heather hate heather h on our facebook page wrote in and said this am i the only one getting strong pregnancy vibes from grace All that talk about her and Morgan, about his family and his son, the shots of Morgan's wedding ring, the romantic tension between the two of them, and she really seemed to feel like she didn't have much to live for with all the risks she was taking. Then the discussion of ultrasounds. Tumors are seen via ultrasound, but so are babies. And she mentioned she met someone at the plant, but it didn't work out. The fainting, I predict she's going to think she has cancer, and find out it's a baby instead. Not Morgan's, mm. obviously. And the baby is going to give her something to live for. What do you think of that theory? Uh, well, it kind of goes against uh, TV tropes. You know, TV trope is uh, as soon as a woman throws up, she's pregnant. Yes. So she didn't throw up. No. You're, she fainted. That's true. She fainted. But you can, I mean, there can be other you symptoms. Know, Right. No, I absolutely agree. I mean, uh, Jenny with, with Jasper, she didn't really get, uh, she didn't really have morning sickness. You know, some people just, you know, she felt ill yep. generally sometimes, but, mm-hmm. uh, she didn't throw up every morning typically. So, uh, yeah. And I'm also a fan of subverting expectations sure. as well. Right. So, you know, but if she was going into the, uh, that medical clinic in order to get an ultrasound, uh, why wouldn't she want to know if she was pregnant? I I don't think she has any idea. I think that's... Oh, she doesn't know. She doesn't know, yes. Oh. And I think Heather might be onto something here. This does seem like the kind of reversal that some TV shows would love. You know, make you think a character is dying of cancer, but it's actually that she's going to have a baby. You know, a character's losing all hope in life. And I know... Grace regained some of it in this episode, as we just talked about. But I think having, finding out that she's pregnant might be the ultimate reversal and give her sort of everything she needs to continue going on. She might not even survive long beyond the birth of the baby, which is tragic and terribly sad. But I wouldn't be surprised if the show goes there and does this. That's what happened to Maggie. I mean, sure, she's not dead, but she her character didn't survive the birth of her, birth of her baby. Yeah, no, you're right. So, I I don't know. I just it never occurred to me while watching the episode, probably because Grace never vomited. Uh, but I think Heather might be onto something. So I'm pretty curious to find out if the show does yeah. go this route now. Yeah, and uh, don't tell, don't don't uh, write that down anyway, Heather, because uh, the you know the. Uh, the showrunners will read that and go, oh, shit, they know, and then write something else. <laughs> they, they they're know? looking, they're watching oh. for what the f- theories are. 
And uh, people, you know, writers in the past have changed plots based on fan theories that were correct. Really? I'm trying to think of an example specifically. I mean, uh, if, if, I, well, if this pregnancy plays out during this season, it's obviously too late for that. But I suppose yes. if it's a season six thing, they could change it up. But Heather did write I'm it on our to... Facebook page. So it's, it's out there now. Oh, it's on Facebook. Okay, yeah. forget it. <laughs> the world knows. The world And they're knows. spending advertising dollars to now send you pregnancy ads. Oh, probably. Good luck. I'm sure they are. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, you know, not quite the last thing here, but the big part of this episode we haven't talked about at all yet is Dwight. <laughs> Dwight. What, yeah. What, what's going on with that Dwight guy? What he was doing. Um, Designer Will also sent this in about Dwight. He said, I'm a simple guy. I see zombies in a shopping mall and I like it. Really though, I enjoyed a lot of this week's episode. That said, there were a couple of parts that really confused me. First, Dwight's radio call that led him to being captured. Why did he do that? Was it supposed to be a distraction to protect some of the group? And why did he think he could take on a whole bunch of people? I mean, he couldn't have known only one guy would show up. Well, it's obvious that he did it on purpose in order to, I think he did it to distract them. Yeah. I think that uh, he knew that Morgan was sticking around in the mall and that uh, they were close to the mall because they were having that discussion just before Dwight uh, started that radio call. And then, uh, yeah, so that's exactly what he was doing, was distracting it. I don't know if he felt like he could take on uh, a whole bunch of people or was expecting only one guy. But uh, it was there to distract him. I think, was he sacrificing himself? Because that's the only logical outcome is that uh, I'm going to tell them where they are. They're going to track me down. They'll probably kill me. But at least uh, these two lovebirds will be able to spend the night in the mall together. With well, this case of water I just gave them. Yeah. Well, they'll be well hydrated anyways. Um, I you got to stay hydrated, my friend. Yes, you do. I agree with you. I think he, he absolutely did it on purpose. He realized they were getting close and he wanted to lead them away, basically. And I think he just kind of got lucky that it was just one guy instead of the whole crew. Um, and a big but, empty truck. And yeah, big empty, drive around a big empty truck. I guess you need room for stuff you find. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I don't I know. I guess so. That's what MacGyver does, right? I did. Yeah. He's not still around. No, definitely not. Um, but then, uh, you know, Dwight gets captured and the tables are turned and the captor becomes the captive. And then it's Dwight- It's another one of those things where, oh my God, he's, uh, he's tied up in the back of a truck and, uh, he definitely does not have the advantage. Uh, how the hell is he going to get out of this? Well, I'll tell well, you how. That, w- that was easy. Yeah. <laughs> you bum rush the fucker when he's distracted by fire. Well, he was distracted by a zombie and that's what, oh. that's the, that's <laughs> what I saw. Yeah. Comes out of nowhere. Comes out of nowhere. <laughs> that's what that I, funny. that was the one bit I hated about this, uh, that I genuinely didn't like about this episode. The guy has Dwight tied up, captive, nothing he can do. And then Dwight is basically rescued by a zombie who momentarily distracts the guy, giving Dwight a chance to rush him, knock him down and so on. And I didn't like it because it, it's, it's nothing Dwight did, right? It's not his character that did this. It's just a zombie shows up and this moron turns around for a second. So Dwight just is rescued because he's kind of lucky, <laughs> right? And this guy's yeah. an idiot. And I didn't like that. I rather would have characters do something interesting or scheme a way out of a situation than just be, you know, distracted by a zombie and, oh, good, everything's fine now. It would have been better if it was a bear. 
actually it would have been you know it would have been more <laughs> unexpected that's for sure or a raccoon even i would have i would have been okay with a raccoon anything but, but a single it, zombie yeah right yeah, it was a little it was a little much i it, mean there's there's a way to do this like he also said once i get out of this uh well you're going to be in trouble kind of thing do you remember true lies with arnold schwarzenegger i mean i remember parts of it yeah yeah it was it was actually quite a good movie mm-hmm. i enjoyed that movie quite a bit there was one scene where he was drugged with a tooth truth drug and the guy he said well what are you going to do now he said first i'm going to kill you i'm going to take this uh take this chair and i'm going to stab you with the chair uh-huh. and then i'm going to use you as a human shield so that when he shoots you'll get shot and then i'll grab your gun and shoot him uh-huh and that's exactly what happened yeah <laughs> and it was hilarious it was i should watch that again movie. that does sound you fun. should it's a uh, quite a good movie it's been a while um so roly the guy who captures dwight is named roly but the funny thing about him is his real name is Corey Hart. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not the Corey Hart. No, I don't think it's the it's Corey, Hart. Corey Hart. That's yeah. good enough. It's good enough for me. Well, that's what I think too. I think that's awesome. If you're going to have a name, Corey Hart's a pretty good one. He's young enough to be named after Corey Hart. Maybe. Uh, he doesn't look as young in, in uh, real life, but you never know. Well, it's not a coincidence, right? It can't be a coincidence. Like Corey Hart was around in the eighties. Is he, how old is he? I don't know. He's still alive though. So he's not. No, I know that. But dead. Corey Hart was really big in the, uh, uh, you know, the early eighties. He was. The sun was brighter then after all, or maybe the moon. Yeah. Well, he had the, yeah. the moon was brighter. I remember Corey Hart because <laughs> I remember in the early eighties, uh, meeting this, this girl, who was really into Corey Hart because his voice was choice. Oh. Direct quote. Direct nice. quote from this lady. <laughs> well, girl. <laughs> she was probably only in grade seven or something. But I remember hearing that. I'm like, you didn't just say that in real life, you crazy person. That's awesome. His voice was choice. <laughs> and his ass was class. <laughs> I don't know. Good old Corey Hart. Anyway, uh, that's good. This was the, also when he shows up behind Dwight, it, it's one of those things where if the camera doesn't see it, then neither do the actors. Of course. Like the fact that he, you know, he's driving along in a truck, he pulls over to take a leak, and then a guy shows up behind him with a rifle pointed at the back of his head. I mean, how long was where, that pee? Where did he come from? Yeah, I know. Like, was this guy waiting in this spot in the bushes, knowing that he would pull over, or was he driving behind him in a truck? And pulled the truck over sneakily, got out of the truck sneakily, and then walked up, you know, down a road sneakily and put the gun to the back of his head. Where did this guy come from? You got to let it go, man. This is the kind of thing that you just have to let go. You're right. There's no, like, either Dwight was standing there peeing for like 20 minutes, uh, or this guy was invisible just seconds earlier. So was his truck. And his truck. Yeah. Now, it, Maybe it's, it's uh, is it Wonder Woman? He's driving around in the invisible truck? Yeah, he's got his, the invisible uh, truck. Gun, gun of truth? <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> do you think um, Do you think Austin Emilio was really peeing there? Because it kind of looked like it to me. No, they put it, oh, they don't actually pee. That would be disgusting. Cause then, well, first of all, you you know, you got, what, one, maybe two shots to get it before he's all out of pee? And then you have to wait a couple of hours while he drinks a bunch of water? Yeah, I know, but how... how no, they, it's your... a, And then you have to smell it? No, I with know. With all the cameras there and everything? No, it's not real pee. Well, whatever. It's unhygienic, gross, and inconvenient, and uh, not very practical. All right, well, the, the pee hose 
was pretty realistic, I thought, at this point. Although it did sort of shoot out really fast to start, but we can stop well, talking about... just because you're getting old. Oh, you're yeah. You're getting right. older. It takes a little bit longer. <laughs> it's not well, as, you know... Don't quite have the... happy as, as it used to, be, used to be. Don't quite have the healthy stream that, you know, used to... All right. We'll stop talking about <laughs> pee now. Um, okay, Corey so Hart. then... Yeah, Corey Hart. Corey Hart sneaks awesome. up behind him. Um, how about this whole theme of we're not doing careful, we're doing right. Uh, and, and, and that's sort of why Morgan doesn't want to let Logan actually know where the gas is, even though Dwight says, why not? I mean, we can just, we just tell him I've, I've withheld things from people in the past and it didn't really work out so well for me. Yeah. Um, and, and that was a big part of Dwight's storyline here just to kind of illustrate that. Right. And that's why he lets Corey Hart go at the end. Um, and he says, you don't have to be an asshole. I'm trying not to be an asshole. You can walk away and try to find someone better to be. And that's the right thing to do. Whereas killing him would be the careful thing to do. Yeah. I mean, there's giving someone a second chance. I applaud that, but you kind of have to have a reason to give somebody a second chance. If they were tying you up and, uh, you know, he hit you with the butt of his rifle, first of all, and then hit you with the butt of his pistol, your own pistol, uh, a second time, and uh, started burning the stuff that you owned as a psychological torture rather than the physical torture that he had promised, uh, and then you were able to, you know, overpower him and get control of him, does he deserve a second chance? Well, I think the argument is everybody deserves a second chance. I mean, Dwight has had a second chance. All the characters have, in a way. And Do you think if uh, if Rick had uh, Negan in his crosshairs and said, I'm going to give you a second chance, and then turned his back on him, that he wouldn't get a Lucille in the back of the skull? Um, No, I probably think that Negan would do that. But I thought you were going to ask me if would Rick ever give Negan a second chance? And he essentially did, right? Well, he did, but it was after a, you know, it wasn't this situation where it's just like, well, I, I overpowered you. Mm-hmm. I, uh, you know, I got control of you and now I'm just going to cut your rope and say, you know, go be free. Think about who you want to be and then turn around. Look, I don't fucking dude, don't turn around. Like okay. let him walk away into the woods. If you're going to give him a second chance, fine, but don't like give him a second chance and then go, well, you're probably going to be a better person so I can turn my back on you now. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Two feet away. Yeah. Fair. Dwight needs to be careful and do it. But I, I agree that, um, Dwight did the, I mean, quote unquote, right thing here. Right. You know, this, this dude hasn't, and, and, and Logan's people in general, I don't feel like have done anything really heinous yet. Really bad. They're basically looking for something. And our group doesn't want to tell them where it is. Yes, they, they shot the living shit out of that, out of that beautiful antique motorcycle with a sidecar. But they didn't kill the not guy. A bunch of evil assholes. I don't know what is. Okay, but they didn't kill the guy. They ransacked their their factory, right? And but they didn't they didn't destroy it, or I mean, they didn't like kill anyone. They just they sent them away. Basically, I'm just trying to say that Logan is a boring, annoying character, but he's not an evil character, at least from what we haven't seen what we've seen so far. So he's a benevolent asshole. Yeah, exactly. And, um, Dwight encountering this guy is like, you know what? Yes, you tied me up. You hit me with your gun, but you didn't kill me. 
and you burned my stuff, but you're trying to get information. So I'm going to do the right thing. Let you go. It's risky. Um, and it's not careful because this guy is going to go back to Logan and tell him this whole story. And, um, but it is kind of the right thing to do. And I guess it's a bit of a matter of perspective, but Dwight was here to illustrate the group's larger ideals about doing what's right instead of doing what's careful or I guess what's wrong. Yeah. Well, I mean, he took his rifle and he's taking his truck, I assume. I was, no, he can't take the truck, right? You can't drive two vehicles. You can't take your truck and his van. No. So you're going to make him walk and then what? Puncture all the tires, take the keys, siphon the gas out. I maybe siphon the gas out, although they have no shortage of gas. So they, they need to explain the, the logistics here. No, they you don't drive. <laughs> well, I, I mean, mean, you could, you could drive two cars. I mean, driving two bikes is one thing, right? You ride a bike and you hold onto the handlebars of the other bike. You could probably get from point A to point B with a little bit of pain in the ass, but driving two cars, first of all, you can't do it that way. What you'd have to do is you'd have to leapfrog. Like you drive a hundred meters, pull a car over, go back, get in the truck, drive that 200 meters, park it, go back, and then you just keep leapfrogging them all the way to where you want to go. I can't think That's of- That's the only way I can think of it. I can't think of anything more frustratingly annoying than trying to do that for a very long distance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man. I mean, you, you could do it, but I wouldn't. No, it would be a bad idea. But speaking of- Mistakes. Uh, Troy L. on Facebook wrote, it was a mistake to let Logan's guy go. It was also a mistake to completely shave off the beard. <laughs> Dwight. Yeah. He, he's a new man. He shaved his beard and got a haircut, which, as we know, signifies that he's become a new man. Right? Yeah. I mean, the way you're supposed to do that is to take a shower. Right. right. That's what, that's what you do is you take the shower and then you shave all the shit off. Just, just like, uh, Shane did. You right? wash everything away. Yeah. It's very, uh, it's very biblical mm-hmm. to have, uh, you know, you have, you get yourself baptized and you wash all your sins away and then you, then you get a haircut because that's what Jesus would do. Sure. Well, we had a character take a shower on this, uh, this season so far, Alicia, remember? And she's come out the other side of that shower suddenly not even, not wanting to kill even zombies. So you're right. Yeah. Showers change people, man. Yeah, it's true. She probably will not eat uh, meat or even, she will only eat fruit that has naturally fallen off the trees. <laughs> yeah, well. That, that Don't even be... pluck the fruit off because then you're depriving the tree of that fruit. So you have to wait for it to fall. Uh-huh. Then you can eat it. And get to it before the animals do. Yeah. Well, you are the animal in that case. Oh, that's true. That's true. Especially in the zombie apocalypse. Well, I mean, that I think just about covers it. Um, I went from kind of disliking this episode to really enjoying it in the end. I, you know, the only part that I really didn't like was, um, was Dwight being accidentally rescued by a zombie. Uh, but the rest of it, I thought ended up working pretty well. It had something to say. It developed characters. It gave us more about Grace, which I didn't think I wanted but I think I kind of did. So it, it all kind of came together for me in the end. And I'm surprised that, uh, well, I was a little bit surprised that I liked it, but it just took the time of me sitting down and thinking about it for a bit. So good on Fear the Walking Dead for presenting a complex episode that required some thought, right? What about, uh, what about escalators as zombie repellent? 
Well, I did make a couple of notes here about the escalator battle. Um, the one where Grace and Morgan are at the top and the escalators are coming up. Yep. I actually didn't think this was a very great kind of zombie action scene because it could have been kind of cool. Like escalate zombies are coming up and they have to fight them off at the top. But part of me was just like, um, why not just run away? First of all, it seems like that's what they did in the end anyways. And also stupid Morgan kept killing zombies and pulling them back off the escalator instead of just like throwing them down the escalator and creating uh-huh. a, creating a blockade. I feel like that would have made more sense. Kick them down. Oh, yeah, because he was pulling them off and saying, we need to block this with something. It's like, well, you've got a yeah. whole bunch of, you've got a, a 300 situation here where you've got the, uh, a vastly superior force coming at you in a, in a very narrow time, uh, narrow, narrow space. Yeah. You know, pile up the bodies and make a barrier. Just let them drop, right? I mean, I know they're going to roll back up the escalators sort of slowly, but you're right. He says, we got to find something to block them off. And then he keeps pulling them away and unblocking. So that whole thing was, I thought, a good idea. Could have been better done. Could have been executed better. Yeah, but when they reverse the escalators, that's all, you know, that's your zombie deterrent right there. Zombie repellent. They can't, uh, they can't walk fast enough in order to get up the escalators. No, you're right. That's true. And I do think that's an interesting feature of malls that zombies can't handle escalators like that. So, um, yeah. you, you just keep, you know, keep the escalators all going one direction, I guess, down and you live on the upper floor. So. Well, yeah, you need a lot of power for that. And then I having suppose. something run 24 hours a day, uh, is just, you know, a recipe for having it break down. That's at true. Some point. But in a pinch, turn them on, clear out the zombies and you know, that's it. Uh, Have I ever told you that my mom is terrified of escalators? Like won't go on them? She hates them. She will avoid them at all costs. If she has to go on them, she needs a lot of space and a lot of room to work up the courage to get it because she, she'll walk up to the escalator and then stop and then take a tentative step and then come back. So if there's anybody behind her, she really hates it. Sure. Uh, but she will not go on an escalator unless she absolutely has to and doesn't have any other choice. Well, I'm, I, A, I'm glad that eventually she like can do it. It's not a phobia so bad that she can't even do it. I'm, I'm happy about that. Um, but also I think that's kind of hilarious. <laughs> well, it's kind of funny cause she's, you know, she lives in Sault Ste. Marie and as far as I know right now, there are no escalators in Sault Ste. Marie. There was two, one up, one down in the Sears, but Sears closed. Hmm. And, uh, they're not using that, uh, Sears for anything anymore. So those are the only two escalators that I can recall in the Sioux. Well, take her to any mall in the big city and she's going to oh, see lots of them. Yeah. When she comes down, last time she came down, she came through Billy Bishop airport. If you've ever been through the tunnels yep. in Billy Bishop and you go to the other side and they have those, uh, escalators that go up like four fucking stories. Some big escalators in there. Yeah. Yeah, she uh, she looked at them. She just like she kind of took tentative steps and looked down them. She's like, no, like no way, forget <laughs> it, no how. I mean, she knows the she knows they're just moving stairs, right? <laughs> yeah, and even the moving sidewalks. She did get on the moving sidewalks, but uh, again, nobody had to be coming anywhere near behind her, and it took a couple of tentative steps, and uh, she held on to me the whole time we were on that moving sidewalk. Hilarious. Terrified of escalators. All right. Well, bad for your mom. Good for repelling zombies. Yeah, and hilarious. And hilarious either way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, well, um, I really like Jasper's this episode. Jasper's not scared of escalators. No. He's well, fine with them. <laughs> that's, so of course he is. Yeah, of course. I really like this episode, Jason. You yeah. liked it enough. 
Yes, I liked it enough. Okay, good. That's awesome. Uh, let us know what you guys think by sending in your thoughts. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll read all those and maybe get back to some of them on a future episode. Before we wrap up here, though, for the night, Jason, I want to send out a bunch of thank yous to people who have supported us in various ways. Uh, this week, it's a bunch of people who used our PayPal link to send us a little donation to help keep the show going. Um, nice. These go back a while. I haven't listed off PayPal people very much in some time. So um, I just wanted to say a big thank you to Michael B., John Z., Karen G., <laughs> Keith B., James G., Daniel B., and Miranda B. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's a lot of B's and G's a, in there. Well, a lot of the uh, alphabet rhymes. It does. It does. I should have put John Z at the end and said John Z. Well, you see, that's my problem with the letter Z. You know, I'm Canadian and we say Z instead of Z. Yep. But I think it's a really a half measure. If we're going to go Z, we got to do everything. A, bed, Z, 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 F, Z. You know, yeah. you just got to keep, you got to you get them all going. Uh, why the Z? That's just ridiculous. It's weird. But as we all know, Z is the correct pronunciation of the letter. And that's going to get me in trouble. <laughs> it is. But I, I just, I, I don't understand why it was singled out as a letter to be different sure i don't know maybe because it's last and it was feeling inferior or something h-i jed kid <laughs> kid yeah <laughs> all right well thank you so much to all of you miranda b right at the end there sent a, a message with her donation part of which said listen does jason not realize how consistent he is in saying consistency is the refuge of the weak-minded he says it all the time consistently you idiots that's right Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's the ironical part. It sure is. Uh, once again, thank you to everyone who sent a little bit of your hard-earned cash our way. If you want to join that group of people, you can support the show in one of two ways. The first is, of course, PayPal by, by visiting TalkingDeadPodcast.com slash PayPal, which will take you right to our uh, PayPal link, and you can make a donation of any size right there. And, and, you know, it all, it all goes into help keeping the show running and paying for hosting and all the things we have to, to do to keep this thing online. You can also become a patron at patreon.com slash the talking dead, which allows you to make a very small monthly pledge, like a buck or $2 or $10 if, if you want to. Um, but it's, it's a monthly thing and then you can set it and forget it and not have to worry about it for, um, long time. Um, so that's a great way to do it as well. Patreon.com slash the talking dead or talking slash PayPal. All right. Next week on fear the walking dead, Jason, we have another new episode. It is called you're still here. So I guess, I, am. I guess Morgan goes and finds Al and is like, Hey, you're still here. <laughs> <laughs> you? Yeah. I that's didn't even weird. know you left. <laughs> Why are you driving a train? Yeah, that's weird. Uh, but of course that will be on Sunday night and we'll be back next Thursday to discuss that episode. In the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, visit that website that I mentioned, talkingdeadpodcast.com. You can click on send voicemail at the top to record a message. 
Um, or you can just use your smartphone and record a message right into that and then email it to us. That is a great way to do it. The email address is talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at Talking Dead or on Facebook at facebook.com slash thetalkingdead. And something I didn't mention um, about supporting the show, if, you know, financial donation is not your cup of tea, that's totally fine. You can also help by visiting Apple Podcasts or wherever else you get your podcasts and leaving us a star rating or a review. That's a great way to help spread the word and have those directories take notice in their charts and things like that. So that is also very helpful. All right. That is going to do it for this episode of the show. Until next time, everyone, my name is Chris. My name is Jason. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.